you know, there's lots of powerful ways to grow your business. And there's so much like do stories every day and do posts and get out there and do, but it's like, if you're pushing and you're hustling and it's not in alignment, then really what's the transmission that you're giving? Welcome to the Seeing in the Dark podcast. My name is Nicole Costeras, and I welcome you in a space to find a deep trust in yourself, your intuition, and a deeper intelligence of life. In this podcast, I offer ways to cultivate your intuitive gifts and dive deep into the mysteries of power, purpose, and soul leadership, so that you can remember your deepest core and let your truest potential come alive. Dark, primal, shamanically wild, crystallized, bright, and subtly intuitive. Welcome. So before we dive into this episode, I want to let you know that on the 5th of May, I'm starting a new mastermind group. And this six-month program is there for the emergence of the fullness of your soul and your business. It's a space where you can embody your own unique essence so deeply that you naturally assist, inspire, and teach others from that. It's also a space where you're going to let the mystery be your strategy. So it's your int intuition, your inner guidance, and the deeper intelligence of life that moves you in the first place. And that will get supported with business structures to set up your high-end one-on-one mentorship, to launch your own online program, and to really uh, bring the fullness of your soul work more fully into the world. So if you feel inspired to join this mastermind program, you can go to womenofancientfutures.com and find out all the information about this mastermind. I'm taking on 45 minute free discovery calls for you to explore if and how this program can support you. And there are still a few spots available. Enjoy this episode, and if you feel the pull, I'm looking forward to speak with you soon. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Seeing in the Dark podcast. Today, I'm here with Chantel Raven, who is a Tantra teacher and a writer. And I reached out to Chantel because I saw her and I just felt this very clear and powerful leadership in her as a woman. So welcome today, Chantel. I'm very happy that we are connecting here today. Um, mm. Yeah, and like I was saying, like I got to know you through a common friend of ours. And when I started to follow you on Instagram, there was just something beyond the words that you were speaking. And there was a very, for me, very clear and powerful woman uh, and a very clear leadership that you are embodying. And so today I would love to, yeah, I would love to explore that a bit, like how, how you came to be this powerful leader that you are today and what your journey has been in that. So the first curiosity that I feel is where, yeah, where did your journey start with leadership and have you always been this clear and powerful in your leadership? <laughs> Okay, well, first, thank you for having me. And it's lovely to connect with you. My dad and my mom are both very strong leaders. They've ran their own businesses all their lives. So I had that transmission from a young age. And really, my personality is naturally strong <laughs> and 
very organized in the way that I think about things. I feel like leadership started for me, you know, in team projects in primary school where we'd be put in teams and I would start telling everyone what their jobs were. <laughs> it always came very natural to me. But also, you know, my father, as well as having his own building companies and different businesses, he is a EFT practitioner, emotional freedom technique. And so he was always teaching me meditation and acceptance of my emotional body and affirmations and, you know, all the good personal development stuff. And then I came across Tantra when I was diagnosed with cervical cancer. And that really was the missing piece for me. My exposure to spirituality had mostly been masculine. And what I mean by that is yeah, meditation, staying in my center, no matter what, you know, connecting with virtues. And then all of a sudden I had to go into a more feminine approach because I understood that, you know, wherever the body is talking from is where we're needing some attention. And I'd already had two children. I was very connected to my womb and knew that it was more of a feminine piece that was wanting to come online. So as destiny would have it, I met the right people and threw myself into Tantra and discovered yeah, a lot about my emotional body, my sexual body. I also saw some things missing in a lot of the Tantra workshops and organizations I became a part of. So my natural leadership skills inspired me to create my own school and combine a lot of what I learned pre-Tantra from somatic experiencing, time with my dad, meditation, EFT, with a lot of these tools that I was learning. So my gift is synthesis. I synthesize lots of different elements and modalities into one. And, you know, I spent seven years at university. I've got a law degree and an honours in philosophy and a certificate in anthroposophy. So I've written seven books now. And I like to make extremely clear what practices to do when, why you're doing it, and have music that goes with each practice. Because when I came into Tantra, I was looking for manuals I was looking for <laughs> books and you know the scriptures need decoding so I was reading Vigyam Bharat Tantra and Osho's Book of Secrets and Vidrana tradition Riji Ray I read some books on that but really I wanted something that could be applied to day-to-day -day life and living Tantra is is really where my passion lies so a lot of where my leadership has been channeled into is creating what was first a school and is now an academy that can hold space for embodied awakening in everyday life. Beautiful. Yeah. So even mm -hmm. now as you're speaking, I just feel a lot of force inside of you. And I feel curious as you are, I, I relate a lot mm -hmm. to the path of ascension and more the masculine, more the upper chakra qualities. I also, in my experience, has been uh, my first part of my journey was a lot of the upper chakra awakening and then suddenly realizing okay there's also lower chakras and there's also our sexuality and connection to our body and I feel curious um, because I feel as you were sharing from very early on you already had this strong leadership I feel curious as you were starting to embody more of the feminine qualities what became more available in your leadership in that process my intuition my need to slow down and realizing that 
I needed to delegate a lot of the jobs that didn't come naturally to me if she was to be in her full power. And the way that I see my masculine and feminine working together in business is she informs him. I have dialogues between my masculine and feminine on most days. And, you know, pre-Tantra, he was the boss. Post-Tantra, she's become the boss increasingly. And, you know, just this last month, she was like, okay, we need way more rest. We need four days off a week, which for him was just unheard of. So I've changed my whole schedule. I've changed a lot of things. And, and really, you know, what I like to do is she, she'll talk about what she needs and her emotions and her intuition and her vision and what brings her joy. And then he'll implement that. So it's like, here's the logic and the structure and the implementation. And she's the intuition and the vision and the informer of what's going to bring joy. And, you know, this is one of my last podcasts, you know, I'm, I've said no this month to podcast invitations, to interviews, to appearing as guest speaker here, there and everywhere, because I, it's just not in my joy anymore. And it was my feminine that really stepped in. And there was a lot of fear in that. There was a lot of fear of, oh, you know, if I'm not doing all of these things, what if people don't find out about me? Or what if they, you know, don't hear about my online courses? And all of all of this stuff on my retreats and it's I'm not going to let that fear run my life and so the part of feminine leadership is for me always making more important than being productive and efficient and making as much money possible and being as exposed to as many people as possible the heart and trusting that and alignment and trusting that so you know, she really needs to feel passionate about what she's bringing forth. And I used to get really passionate with podcasts and interviews and I just don't anymore. Like, you know, I'm loving this and talking to you, but I'd actually rather be at the beach. <laughs> but there was a time in my life where I would rather be talking to you. And it's it's been a recent shift. And I think living in Bali has really supported that. I'm realizing that fuck, you know, what do I want all of this money for even? And I, I love money. I love abundance, but I've got plenty of it, you know, and I've, I've been brought up with this belief that I need to have a really big reserve in case something happens mm. or for when I die to leave my kids, you know, I'm Italian and I'm 43. I've had five houses, you know, we invested smartly. We had a lot of equity. This is now the less money that I've ever had in my life and the happiest I've ever been. Mm. And, you know, I've sold everything now. I don't have any assets or a car. I have a good amount of money in the bank. I'm living my best life. And really to me, leadership is, am I someone that other people would want to be? You know, and what I see is a lot of leaders in the world, they're burning themselves out. They're on this production cycle of like not non-stopping and I feel like corona you know the spirit of corona is really saying to us can you slow down not just in a superficial way but actually slow down and face the identification that we have with all of these things that we think that's who we are mm. so you know when you said to me what do you want me to call you yeah I'm a tantra teacher I'm a writer I'm a mother, I'm a partner, all of these different titles. And at the end of the day, I'm 
a soul. And when I'm leading from soul, I'm surrendered and I'm trusting. I'm trusting the no as well as the yes. I'm trusting that from all parts of my body. You know, am I, if, if it doesn't excite me, I don't do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Like when, before we started recording, I was sharing with you that when I share about soul-based leadership, it's so deeply embodying your essence that you naturally assist and inspire and teach others from that. So I feel in my experiences, when we make more mm. of that shift, we start to also shift from moving and doing and controlling and pushing to more of a being moved by something deeper and allowing that force to move us in each moment mm -hmm. and really trusting the intelligence of what moves us. Yeah, beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, and I remember just like something dawning on me. I, I was really unwell and I was like glad I was unwell because it meant that I could have a reason to not have to work that week. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? You know, I'm, I'm actually manifesting being unwell now to have time off. And, and that's when I decided, right, I need more time off. And I've never had more, more than a day off a week in my whole life. You know, I'm, I, I have like strong work ethic. And I had to really look at all these beliefs that have been passed down from society, from my parents around working hard. And, you know, the more we're doing, that means that that gives us validation. Mm. And it's crazy, you know, because if you think about it, technology came in to save us time. But work hours are just as much and we take work home. And now, you know, emails and client calls are being taken all the time. And part of what my feminine needed last year, or the, no, actually the year before, was to go, okay, so from this time we switch everything off mm. and it's just quality time with the kids, with my partner. That's really important. And, you know, feminine leadership is always going to be taking into account quality time with loved ones. It's always going to be prioritizing joy and playfulness and passion and creativity. You know, and, but when the masculine dominates, it's going to be preoccupied with production and efficiency. So mm -hmm. bringing these two energies into balance is so important. Without masculine, we don't get anything done. Without yeah. feminine, all we do is do, right? Yeah, that was my so, curiosity also. I, yeah, go ahead. Uh-huh. Well, I spent, I spent a long time climbing the proverbial ladder of success. You know, I graduated ducks of my school. I graduated with honours in law. And there's, there's all of this, all of these ways that we can have dopamine release and serotonin release through likes on Facebook, getting certificates, you know, competing, getting everything done in a way that really makes us feel good about ourselves when our worth is tied in with how much we're doing and how much status we're accumulating, yeah. right? And then on the flip side, really what the feminine is interested in is joy and abundance is part of that. You know, creativity is part of that. Connecting, serving is part of that. And whenever one is dominating, how can you possibly be happy? Because when the feminine is dominating, we're kind of like a feather in the wind drifting along exactly. with no direction, right? Yeah, that was my curiosity yeah. we're talking about. And I relate a lot with this side of the coin also where my masculine can be very strong, a lot of moving forward energy, a lot of focus. 
Um, but I also mm -hmm. experience in working, I work mostly with women. I can also see women that are like too much in their feminine. And then it's like, they're going, they're floating around and there is not enough focus to really mm. like, build something up, you know? Um, so I felt, yeah, I love that you bring this in that either one, when when one is in charge, there is a there is a disbalance somehow. They need to work together so that something deeper can emerge from that. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, and and you know what I've chosen is for the feminine to lead more right now. Um, so she's she's not she's still communicating to him and listening to him. Previous to that, it was really more equal, and the reason is because I need to do that. I need to let the pendulum swing the other way. And I'm in a position where I can do that. Yeah. You know, my business is up. I have a lot of people working for me. I've got passive income coming through. So another, another thing is that people want to get to master when they're really in the novice stage. So the novice stage is when people are young they're new to the game, they haven't accumulated a lot of experience and skills and they're still learning. But what I see in this industry now is that there are a lot of novices, a lot of people who are new to the field who are acting like masters, who are charging like masters. Mm. And, you know, a lot of people have said to me, you know, like you need to be charging more, you need to be looking after yourself more, this, this and this. And I just couldn't hear it because I wanted to be accessible and I was still charging per hour but I hadn't really fully realized my own mastery in the sense that I should be charging for results, not for the hours I'm giving. And this was a big game changer. And actually I'm earning more now doing less. Yes. But what I realized is I'm, I'm, I'm such a, I'm a person who really honors the integrity of mastery. And what I didn't realize is that once I got to that mastery, then my value needed to go up. Because a lot of my students were charging more than me because they were, you know, in these, pro these great programs that are like, okay, charge this amount and I'm watching and kind of in disbelief because I know that actually they're, they're very inexperienced. Mm -hmm. not, not all of my students, some of them. Or, and, and, it, and it was always very interesting for me, but I looked at the trigger I had around that and it's like, oh, I'm triggered because I'm not valuing myself. Yeah. You know, where are they expressing what I'm not expressing? Yeah. So, so that was part of the evolution of me shifting from charging per hour to charging per program and kind of getting, getting into that younger generation paradigm. Yeah. So I relate so, so there's a bit of this. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I go into something, I want to go fully into it and learn all the details and really practice before I come out with it. And I recognize so much that there was a point for me where I started to feel, for me, I always need to feel overripe almost before it went, before I allow it to come out, right? And I, I mm -hmm. for me, so much changed, I would say 10 months ago, even not even that long ago, where I felt like, okay, mm -hmm. I feel actually now it's time to charge more for the things I'm offering, you know, um, mm -hmm. where I also had experiences where clients or women I'm working with that maybe just starting, they started to charge more than I'm charging. And I was like, what is happening here? Uh. So I really relate <laughs> to the same process where, where, um, 
where I do feel it's a very interesting topic to explore when are we at that point where we can step into our master, master, uh, you know, when is, it, when is it time to charge like a master and when are we still in the, in the student, in the, what's the English word, the novice, yes. novice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. how how is it? And you know the numbers. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I think when you know when you know the practices so well that you don't have to think about them. You know that you know the craft so well. You're no longer thinking about that, and you can just be a channel for grace. Yeah. Like I, I'm never thinking about anything anymore. I know it back to front, right? So I can just show up in my loving presence and flow with whatever's before me. Like I didn't even remember who you were or what this was. And then when you said Zoom, I'm like, oh, and then you showed up. I'm like, oh, this, this, is, this is a podcast. It's not a session. <laughs> and, and that's how I live a lot of my life now. And I wasn't always in that stage, you know, and I am still learning, of course. Life is my greatest teacher. There are some books that... I still really enjoy reading. The learning never ends. It's not so much characterized by whether you're a student or not, because I think you're always a student. It's characterized by how well do I know my craft? Yeah. And do I have a level of mastery in it that I no longer need to think about it, right? And I think when you're at that stage, then you can, you can charge more than you can own what it is that you're bringing forth with a lot more integrity and power. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I love that. And, and you know, it's, it's great that so many people have courses available and retreats and it's become so much more popular, like personal development, you know, 30 years ago was, was weird. I was weird at school. And then 20 years ago when I started teaching, a lot of the stuff I was teaching was, not known at all and now you know people are really picking it up and that's great and tantra especially like a decade ago it was it was very controversial and now it's it's pretty well known and and accepted so I've, when you've been around for two decades teaching and then you see people who do one retreat or one course bringing something forth and this kind of shopping market that spirituality has become, it can be a little disheartening, but also deeply heartening in that there's more people being exposed. Yes. And, you know, I, I realised when I was shifting out of taking on new clients and only for, for one session and only taking people into deep containers, there was a part of my ego that was like, oh, but, you know, is the world going to be okay without you kind of thing? And if you're not doing festivals and this and that, and it's like, of course, there's so many people doing amazing things. I'm, I'm teaching one-on-one -on -one practitioner training now. So, you know, I'm sending people to the practitioners I'm training. And there's this deep mining of the ego part of me that thinks that I need to be showing up in a certain way or identifying with how I used to show up. And when I have more time and space to just connect with people from my heart, and be myself and offer loving presence. Actually, I'm changing one heart at a time just by giving people permission to be who they are and connecting with a level of realness and vulnerability that people really need and having more time and space for that, for my relationship, um, for my children and for the things that really matter. Yeah. 
Yeah, beautiful. And that has a massive wave as well, you know, because I also shifted to the deeper containers and working longer one-on-one -on -one with the women. And I can also feel that if I only think about who that woman is going to inspire and who those people are going to inspire, it creates a massive wave still, right? And I feel like- Yeah, definitely. Can we just pause for two seconds? Yes. Sorry, there's just someone knocking persistently. That yeah, um, also what you've been sharing about, um, I think you were saying something that you're working less, but you're making more. Um, I also love to, I, I find that mm -hmm. in this shift of going deeper into surrender and allowing something deeper to move me, I find that when we can make space for all the fears that come with that, like, oh, will I still make enough money? Oh, will I still reach enough people? Oh, will I still, I find the deeper I dare to surrender, the more fully life starts to meet me with a confirmation, right? So mm. I find that my last launch, I was actually mm. launching from Mexico. I was going on watching whales in the ocean and then doing my calls with the women. And, and I had like my whole mastermind filled mm. up without me necessarily doing so much. You know, I went one week out of the promotion in complete darkness. Uh -huh. I went in, in retreat, I maybe send out one uh -huh. email, one story, and it just filled up. And I feel like when we dare to surrender to that deeper intelligence, it will also start to meet us more fully. And I can see mm -hmm. that the way I've been working before, mm -hmm. also because it was my mindset and my reality that just was reflected in that way. Because I believed I needed to do certain things. Mm -hmm. That was also my reality. And I feel like the more... I'm giving myself permission to live from a relaxed place, a nourished place, to just be in a beautiful place in the world and spend time on the beach and then spend some time at work um, that I'm also actually making more money than ever, mm -hmm. but also having more free time than ever. And mm -hmm. I feel that, I, I do feel that mm -hmm. that's possible for everyone, you know, and I feel that, um, for me, it feels also like a really beautiful, natural way of living. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And it's amazing because you really start to understand how energy and subtle energetics work. Yes. Because the unseen forces are still magnetizing people towards you. And, you know, there's lots of powerful ways to grow your business. And there's so much like do stories every day and do posts and get out there and do. But it's like if you're pushing and you're hustling and it's not in alignment, then really what's the transmission that you're giving? If you're only and what I see a lot of is people now they're going places, especially for their stories or, you know, sharing posts, not from a space of inspiration, but because they've got a list of content that they've been told works well. And, you know, I work with clients around this yeah. and just really encourage them to trust that in the being, the doing that arises from that is a more natural inspiration that flows. Yeah. And that's really where the gold is. And as you say, it's hard to trust that, you know, it's hard to trust, like, is being in my joy going to keep all of that flowing? But everything is energy and everything responds. Yes. And absolutely it does. Yeah. So, you know, you may not be getting out as many newsletters or stories or posts, 
but you're accumulating energy of actually living the life that people want to live. And that's magnetizing people towards you. Yes. They don't even know why, but they're wanting that. And there was a part of me that was, you know, when I was like really in my full work addict days and then it's, it's thick, you know, everyone has different addictions. Work addiction has definitely been the one I've struggled with. Mm. I felt like a bit of a fraud, you know, before I shifted things, I was feeling like, fuck, actually when the lights are out and it's just me here, I'm exhausted. And is this what I would want for my clients? No, something has to shift. And that's when I created one of my online courses, Soul Centered Business. Mm. So a lot of my courses, a lot of my practices, my books, they're coming from a space of what I've had to burn through in my own life to reach the next stage of evolution. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's, that's part of how a master works is that the work is always shifting and changing and evolving because they're always shifting and changing and evolving. So the deeper we can commit to mining our own hearts, mining our souls, really digging deep, then the fruits of that are, are going to be so abundant. And people know fruits that are abundant when they taste them. So they just want to taste more. Yeah. And, and every time I step further back away from the business, the people who work for me freak out a little bit. But then once it's given time and space to breathe, they realize, oh, fuck, that was perfect. That was perfect. That was perfect. And even like last year with Corona, you know, we had like eight living Tantra retreats lined up and we were teaching in Colorado and India and Bali, Australia, all these different places in the world. Suddenly we didn't have any of that anymore. And we had all this time and space to work on the online courses and everyone's freaking out. I'm like, we can finally finish those. Like they were all recorded, all done. We just didn't have sales funnels. We didn't have landing pages. Yeah. And we spent four years doing those online courses. And just to speak about this master novice thing again, because I am a writer and I veer towards perfectionism, you know, all my online courses have huge manuals. They've got audios, they've got videos. And they really give people eight weeks of diving deeply into whatever that topic is, whether it's sacred sexuality, shadow work, igniting more power in your life, relationship tantra, soul-centered business. It's a whole picture. And I think there's a lot of information going out there right now and eBooks and online courses that are done very quickly without the mastery that's required. Mm. And, and I think that that's... a you know, that that's part of what I'm really wanting to lead in is let's do things from a space of mastery, which gives people all of the learning modalities that they need. So when I'm training practitioners, I talk to them about that. I talk to them about giving their clients a space where they're going to activate, but they're also going to integrate where they have written information that they can turn to and you know there needs to be a space of not just giving sessions and then okay they have this amazing experience and now what so I'm very passionate about bringing integration and safety into the field of tantra and that's part of my my leadership in the field beautiful 
So I feel curious as you're sharing this, um, because what I also find in working with women is that they can tend to um, be held back by their perfectionism. So as you're speaking now about this mastery and like really coming out when you feel you embodying all the qualities that you need to embody as a master, I wonder what you would say to women that maybe feel held back by perfectionism or never feel ready enough to come out because there is more that they need to study or they feel insecure if it's enough already. What would you say to women uh, who are feeling like that? Um, I, would, I would first of all say, you know, where are you doubting it from? Are you doubting yourself because you don't know enough about it or are you doubting yourself because you don't trust yourself, right? It's an important question. I mean, some people I work with, they're saying, oh, I'm afraid to really own it and come out because they've spoken to someone who said that they need to. Like, so how long have you been learning whatever they're in? One month or two months or six months? I'm like, you're not ready. That's why you don't feel ready, right? So, so there's that. And then there's people who have been studying for years and years and they know it really well and they're afraid to step in. And, you know, what I say to that is that you can always do better, like even with the online courses, right? I, I, I edited the manuals, so did three other people, and still there's mistakes, like in the writing. We had a professional editor, not many, maybe like I'll, I'll see one or two pop up every now and then. And it's like there's no such thing as perfection, actually. Mm -hmm that you can always do better at anything. And what I find is if I write something or create something, if I don't get it out quickly, then by the if it's been like too long in the making, I have to redo it because I've evolved beyond yeah. <laughs> where I was at the creation phase. So I would also say, get it out now and create the next level because there's someone who needs that. Yeah. So, you know, one of the online courses that, that took a long time I'm like oh but I would do this differently and this differently and then my business partner said to me yeah but people this is perfect for people who are at this particular stage so then I created something else so so yeah it's it's a space of really feeling to feel confident you need to know that yeah you can always do better and you can always do worse but is this good enough to have impact right now you know and do i know the material well enough yeah I love that. and and with perfectionism in terms of details it's like do the right things not everything right so that that's what tim <laughs> ferris says that and i really i really love that thing yeah because sometimes i would spend an hour on something on my website that no one's going to give a fuck about right yeah <laughs> and then i asked myself that question i'm like is this one of those things that I'm doing right or is it the right thing? I'm like, it's absolutely not the right thing. And, you know, I have a team of perfectionists, of course. So we need, we need to remind one another of, of this. Do the right things, don't do everything right. For all the perfectionists out there, write it down. <laughs> and another thing is, you know, I, I do feel like taking beliefs into the body that are limiting and feeling where they're held in the cells. So some people they may think oh i'm not ready to come out and i had a client yesterday she's got a beautiful voice but she doesn't know why as soon as, as soon as she was out in public she freezes 
And so we, I said to her, you know, what, what did your mum tell you or your dad when you sang when you were younger? And her mum said, don't be a show off. So we had to take that belief into her body so she could express and release what that belief did to her. She had, you know, this frozen little girl inside that was holding this belief. So we had to unfreeze that part and then give her a new belief that singing is a gift to the world. It's not showing off. And she could sing after that. Mm -hmm. So we need to take our limiting beliefs and not just do jump straight to affirmations. Affirmations are great. But you can't just jump straight to the affirmations and bypass the body. Like take the limiting belief into the body, feel what that's like, feel where you're holding that tension at a cellular level, release it, and then come out the other side and affirm the beliefs that you're wanting. You know, that that's that's embodied rewiring. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, I love that you bring this in. And and get feedback from people. Yeah. Get, get feedback from people is another thing. I I, I get I get my practitioners to do that, you know, as they're practicing, like ask every client for feedback afterwards. And every time they're reading that feedback, they're growing in confidence. And I say, you know, ask for constructive feedback as well, because that's going to make you better and better. Yes. So again, there's two sides to it. It's like, yeah, owning your power and stepping forth, but also seeing where there is room for improvement and working on that. That, that grows your confidence. And sorry, yeah, you were about to share. But no, it's fine. I, I, I kind of lost, I lost my uh, train of thought, but I, uh, I <laughs> love this piece as well. I think it's, it's every time it comes back to finding that sweet spot where there, is, where there is a certain like balance or where we can feel both of the ends of the spectrum, right? So I, I sometimes speak mm -hmm. about being superior or inferior to your flow. And when you're superior, it means you're pushing and you're like ahead of the flow, you try to make it happen. But when you're being inferior to your mm -hmm. flow, you're like holding back when actually the flow is already calling you forward to step in. And I feel that- uh -huh, yeah, that's- yeah, and I feel it's it's every time about feeling where we are at, like, are we being called forward to come out or are we invited to let it ripen a bit more? And the same also, mm -hmm. um, the same also here with the piece that you are bringing in. How, what was the wording you named? Yeah, asking the feedback from others. I also had experiences where I would start to over-reflect on myself, right? Where I started to take everyone's opinion and feedback in and I started to doubt myself uh -huh. again. So here is also the other mm -hmm. end of the spectrum where we can ask ourselves, who are we taking feedback from, right? Is it someone that I actually mm -hmm. trust? Is it someone that I agree with her or his way of living? Or is it someone that is having a completely mm. different lifestyle and a view on life? And maybe I don't want to take that in. So also here, I feel that there is this sweet spot where, um, where maybe we are over and over invited again to listen inside and to trust our intuition and to find that sweet spot mm. um, yeah, of taking mm. it coming out. Yeah, that's beautiful. And only, try, only seeking advice from people you want to be like. It's yeah. like sometimes my friends will tell me, so oh, but this, I'm like, why the fuck are you taking advice from them about relationships? <laughs> their relationship sucks. Or, you know, why are you taking their advice about how to work when they're clearly overworked yes. and miserable and their children are so misbehaved because they never get quality time or whatever it is. So yeah. it's like, you know, do I want to be like that person? Okay, take advice. But when you're, when you're getting feedback from clients, yeah. I feel like 
that's always going to be informing you, you know. And sometimes a client may give feedback that, you know, there could be some projection happening or whatever, but there's always a great, there's always a peppercorn. There's always a grain of truth. Yeah. Sure. In the feedback that we receive from, from people who are in an objective position. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Yeah. Let's see. I feel already we shared a lot of rich richness. Uh, I feel it's very inspiring for the ones who are mm -hmm. listening and um, the beautiful invitation to keep checking in where which end of the spectrum we are at right are we too are we completely mm -hmm. polarizing to our feminine or are we completely polarizing to our masculine and i agree with you that it doesn't have to be always 50 50 because for me also it feels very mm -hmm. true that my feminine leads first and that sometimes it mm -hmm. might look like that i'm surrendering into my feminine and i'm listening deeper and then there is a very active wave of my masculine you know and there's a very active doing and maybe there is a lot of hours of work and then there is another wave mm -hmm. of my feminine that listens back in um so i guess in the end it comes down to really surrendering and trusting that deeper intelligence trusting that deeper knowing of when to take mm -hmm. it, when to come out, when to be receptive and when mm -hmm. to be active. Um, and allowing mm -hmm. all the doubts and the fears that come up in that process to move through and to see them as a sign also that they're releasing us because we no longer need them and not because they're releasing us because mm -hmm. we need to crawl back in our cave and continue to hide. To see mm -hmm. them as a sign mm -hmm. of releasing that, that, we, that which we no longer need inside of us yeah beautiful yeah thank you so much yeah you're welcome it was beautiful to chat with you and connect with you yeah do is there anything that i didn't ask about that you feel you want to share with the listener or the viewers or does it feel complete for you I would say, you know, do a surrender experiment where you trust your yes and your no, like feel into the body when you get an opportunity. It's like, without using the mind too much, it's like, does this, is this something that feels like a yes from my body or does it feel like a no? And trust that more than the mind that's like, this is a money-making opportunity or a status opportunity or I might miss out if I don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. So if anyone who is listening or watching is curious about you and your work, where can they find out more about you? Embodied Awakening Academy. So there's Instagram, there's social media, there's um, my website that has lots of blogs. We've got a podcast, Love, Sex and Freedom podcast. So lots of free resources. And then, yeah, I, I have a few options of working with me privately, but the, the, it, it's a big time, energy and financial investment. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining today. I'm happy that you, that I still was in the wave of, of saying yes to an invite. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I said yes. It was lovely to meet you and be with you. Yeah. Thank you, Nicole. Yeah.
Thank you so much for listening today. If you've been resonating with the things I've been sharing around surrendering to a deeper intelligence that moves you specifically in your soul emergence and in your business, then I invite you for the You Are a Soul Leader six-month soul emergence and business mastermind. We start with a small group of women on the 5th of May. And this mastermind is for women who want to be held in a safe and all-permission space. It's a space for your greatness, your power, and your gifts to come out more fully. And soul-based leadership is embodying your own unique essence so deeply that your vibration naturally inspires, teaches, and assists others. This mastermind is for the ones who want to let the mystery be your strategy. It's a space for community and a space where aligned business structures can support the fullness of the transmission that you hold for this world. So go to womenofancientfutures.com and book your free 45-minute discovery call with me. Much love.